What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We've got a lot to get to on today's show. We may have a Spider-Man title for the third installment in the Sony slash Disney installment of their of their of their uh, trilogy that they're they're putting together with starring Tom Holland. The name may have been leaked. We'll tell you guys what we think of that name and of this of the movie and whether or not uh, we think it's actually real. If that's what's going to the name of the movie is going to be. We'll also talk about a possible Spider-Man villain that may be appearing on the big screen very soon. And the type of actor that Marvel may be targeting to play that villain. We'll also have some Disney Plus news, potentially with a, a old series maybe making a comeback. We'll also be talking about potentially a new series for HBO Max involving the Batman universe that's being created by Matt Reeves. And of course, we had some tough news with the DC uh, comics and DC Universe layoffs we had this week. We'll talk about that. And Ruby Rose breaks her silence about what happened. Uh, as she left Batwoman, the CW series. So, uh, should be a great show. We're not doing episode recaps. We're in a weird position where we had, you know, obviously we had two finales with uh, Stargirl, uh, and we had one with, um, uh, what's the other show? Uh, Doom Patrol, of course. And now we're in the middle of the week, you know, one day away from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so it didn't make sense, I think, to do a, you know, season review cap with review without Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, being one day away. Uh, considering we didn't talk about Agents of Show last week and we need to talk about it. So we're going to hold the, the review this week. We're also, uh, Shamari's not able to be with us on this podcast. And I know he also wanted to talk a lot about those shows. So there's a chance maybe we'll come back literally maybe in a day to, to just talk about the shows and do a full review show. Um, but we'll figure out how that all works out. So it's going to be all news today. It's going to be all fun. Uh, fortunately, Sham's not here, but it'll be fun regardless. Joining me is my co-host, Kendall Stewart, who is... Uh, with me today now Kendall I got alerted to what I thought was a really cool concept so obviously the the, the take bring pop culture to the March Madness bracket concept is not something that's so foreign that we've never seen before um, it happens a lot you know you know the best sitcom the best right. rappers the best whatever best movies yeah best, you know best now that best movies and so it's not like this is super new, but for whatever reason, I feel like I haven't seen anyone, at least anyone of uh, note or anyone with a major platform, try to bring that concept to specifically superhero movies. Um, but Randy Cruz, shout out to Randy Cruz. He's the uh, he's a co-CEO of Hoops in the Sun. He also does two podcasts, one, The Retro Room, which he talks about a lot of old school pop culture, a lot of it involving um, wrestling, basketball, uh, sometimes superheroes because he loves that stuff too. He also has a podcast. Uh, it's uh, it's in the game. So he is decided after I guess days of working on this to put together a March Madness style superhero movie bracket. And I think this is a great idea. I'm really excited that he uh, decided to put this together. And I wanted Kendall to give you his number one seeds because he hasn't dropped the whole bracket yet. But I'm I'm very invested in this. I kind of low key want to maybe get him on the show to talk about how he put this together. But the number one seeds, Kendall, in all four regions, we have The Dark Knight, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, and Batman. Do you feel like those Batman are... Batman 89? Yes, Batman 89. Do you feel like those are the correct choices for the number one seeds? Um, 
I don't know if I was going Batman 89 as a number one seed. Um, and Avengers, I would have gone I, I only one of Endgame or Infinity War. Um, whichever one that you, we feel is more popular. I, I tend to think Infinity War is the one that's a little more popular, generally speaking. Um, although this is obviously, the point of this is to figure out which one is more popular. But um, yeah, I probably would have gone with two others besides Batman 89 and I mean, you could maybe go with uh, Avengers 1 over Endgame or Avengers 1 over uh, Infinity War. I would say Endgame. Um, and then maybe, I mean, I, you could have gone with Superman, uh, I think, over Batman 89. I, I, yeah, I, it's funny you mentioned Superman because I, I, I kind of like that Randy went with an older movie. And in some yeah. ways, to some degree, I think that the 89 Batman kind of revitalized the superhero movie as a thing that you could do in Hollywood and, and be successful. Because remember, you had the Superman movie, the first one. Then you had a lot of bad Superman movies and then a terrible, uh, you know, Supergirl movie after that. So the idea that, you know, you had Batman come in 89 and it was so well received and so, you know, Jack Nicholson's performance is so leg- legendary. I think that that, I like that he gave it that kind of credence and that kind of love, but I don't know, I agree, that's a number one seed to me. I mean, you could have done this, but I I feel like personally, I would have done seeding with some sort of metric, either Rotten Tomato score or done it by um, gross sales. You know, obviously those aren't scientific because, you know, there's, you got to make adjustments for error and things of that nature, but... Um, I think there should have been uh, to me. I think he should have got a committee. I don't again, but maybe he did. I think he should have did it just like the NCAA tournament. I think he should have got eight guys or eight people. He doesn't need men, of course. Um, he got eight people, and or it didn't have to be that many. He could have even been four people who aren't going to vote in this thing. Just say, "Yo, man, we seat in this thing. How are we going to do this?" And you guys individually, because to me, you don't make a bracket to actually do a bracket. Like you make a bracket to see people's opinions. So your right. opinions, I think, are fine. To like, you can have certain biases, just like the people in the NCAA tournament bracket have certain biases, maybe certain things. But like, I think he should have gotten a lot of people together, and maybe he did, and then they came up with the seating. Because I don't think there's any way if you got four people or eight people that Batman's getting picked. I think that that's a Randy pick, and he's trying to show love to an older movie, which he should because it's a classic. But I don't know. That feels like a very personal pick to me. When I saw it, I was like, that one stuck out. The Avengers Endgame and the Avengers Infinity War thing, I'm going, I, I see both sides. Part of me is like, it's, a cra- it's kind of crazy to put both movies as a one seed, considering they're almost like two parts in a way. They're both part one and part two. In this, that's how they originally were crafted. But they're both such juggernauts. Like, I just, whoever is getting them as a two seed, like, good luck. Like, like, like you, like it. See, it feels like that's right. No one thinks that 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 movie that's ahead of them is a bigger movie. It doesn't mean it can't win. And someone's who, what someone thinks is better, or what's what someone's favorite. But I just those movies are so gigantic. I almost feel like I can live with both of them being one seeds because of that. I Makes saw sense. some people make the case that Spider Verse should have been a one seed. I love Spider Verse. I don't know if it's a one seed to me. No, Spider Verse should be your like your very dangerous three seed. Yeah, your yeah your dangerous your three seed that can win it all. 
You're, right. You know, they're like your Michigan State. When, when it's all said and done, you're like, wow, man, they're here. <laughs> and it's not like, you're like, I should have been, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be the surprise, but somehow I still am. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Spider-Verse is a, is a one seed. Um, cause to me, like if I'm, if I, if I was doing seating, like how I would do it, Kendall, I would, I would think, uh, critical acclaim, box office, um, like long term appeal, like is, is the story, is the movie memorable? Do we still talk about it years later? And of course that would hurt some of the newer movies. Um, those are probably my three categories, you know, and then I guess coach overall cultural impact just in general, like what did this movie being made mean to the superhero culture um it's importance in that respect i think when you put all those together i don't think that spider-man into the into the spider-verse probably has enough broad commercial success it was a great commercial success but in terms of like the broadness of it i think that 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 part of the conversation is where it would slide no there maybe they're like your wichita state who's like 29 and one but they didn't play nobody so so, so they're still a three seed, you know what I'm saying? They're like, you're dating, you know? Like, to me, you know, number one seeds, you know, Batman, certain, that means to be the Dark Knight, certainly, great case. I think Civil War has a great case to be a number one seed. I think Avengers absolutely has a case to be a number one seed. And I think Iron Man has a case to be a number one seed. Those yeah, would be Iron Man as well. Those would those be the movies I'd be looking at and saying, these are... The, the box office, the long-term, je- the longevity of them, um, the critical success of them, all those, they're, they, they are, all the sliders are all the way to the right. They're all full with all those movies. And there's no misses in terms of when we talk about their impact and all that stuff. Now, again, we get a, a specific one-on-one matchup. We're saying, yo, which movie do you like more? Who knows? It's, it's, it's individual matchups. You never know. People can get upset. You know what I'm saying? Right. Again, it's like Spider Verse. If I put Spider Verse against some movie that I may look at in a in certain sense and say this was a bigger movie that had a bigger impact, but I may say, oh, but yo, man, Spider Verse was better to me. I liked it more. Or maybe you know, you know how much I love X Men Two. You know how much I love Spider Man Two. Spider Man X Men Two might be they might be a six or five seed that ends up in the final four given the right matchups. You know, like so. I think this is a dope idea. I, I did think Batman. Batman to me is definitely the most vulnerable number one seed. Batman may be not may not make it the second weekend if they get the right matchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Batman, yeah, the team's like a very vulnerable one seed. Um, I mean, there are, we you mentioned a lot of movies that could have been one seeds that I'm like, wow. I mean, I, I'm not sure if Batman is gonna beat that one. Um, I feel like none of the movies I just named Batman is beating. <laughs> right. I didn't think about it from that respect, but now right. that you mentioned that again, I'm not saying that that's the only way you should. Judge number one seeds, but I think I, the no movies I just named, I'm not picking Batman over any of them. Yeah, nah, personally, no. Nah. Um, Batman '89, I, I, we, that's the one we got to rewatch because yeah, I haven't watched it in a minute. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while, but it's yeah. not my favorite. Um, you know, I actually like Batman Returns a little better. So do I. So Batman I, Returns I would be Batman. In my voting, right, some people right. may think I'm crazy for that, but in my voting, in my have brain, you seen artwork that people have come out with where it's like uh, Batman the animated series, but with some of these movies? Like I've seen, you, I've only seen Batman Returns and Batman Forever. I think I have. 
like the posters, but they're with the anime series characters. I think I have, and it's I believe it's really cool. Um, yeah, it is cool. Oh, yeah. Well, somebody made a good point. Someone was like, Penguin and Batman in the anime series really isn't that great a character. Like his episodes. No, were never... no, Penguin was kind of lame. Because like there was always some bird gimmick. <laughs> there was something <laughs> about birds, and it was like, all right, yeah, it's kind of lame, you know. Yeah, Penguin, so, Penguin, you know, Bruce Tim, you know, unbelievable job with legend. the NBA yeah. series. Again, absolute legend, icon, maybe the GOAT, probably the GOAT when it comes to creating superhero animation. Yeah, Greg Weissman is the only guy that's, you know, creeping up on him. Right. But, man, like, yeah, Penguin, not not his best character of all the characters he had. and But he killed every, one, uh, every other one, though. Catwoman was great. Joker, I mean, come on, we don't got to talk about how great Joker was. Mark Hamill, uh, Mr. Freeze, awesome. Uh, all of them were great. Penguin always was kind of like one of the weakest. When you had a Penguin episode, you're like, oh, I could probably turn this off. He even, like, to me, like, you know, as a Batman fan who maybe uh, didn't read a lot of the comics when I was a kid, but my, my exposure to Batman was through movies and through cartoons. Exposed me to like the Mad Hatter, someone who I'd never heard of, never would have thought about, um, and really enjoyed those episodes involving Mad Hatter. And, and introduced me to Hugo Strange, guy I'd never heard of, you know. So uh, you know, we know who Bruce Tim is about. He's a he's a again, as you said, a legend and icon. Shout out to Randy Cruz. I really hope this uh, bracket thing is dope. Check out his uh, Twitter account. I think his Twitter is just Randy Cruz. I don't know if it is, but um, he's very easy to find on Twitter. And I'm gonna be paying attention, and and I'm leave this be make this. I'll make this an open invitation. If Randy wants to come on, uh, talk about how he came about came up with this bracket. I would absolutely welcome that conversation. Let's uh let's move on now though, and let's talk about some of the stories we got this week. So let's begin with this Spider Man stuff. So there's rumors out that potentially the 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 title of the next Spider Man movie being made by Disney and Sony may have been leaked. So Murphy's uh, Multiverse, they noticed apparently two separate listings from both Esquire and Maxim, which they refer to the upcoming Spider-Man movie as Spider-Man Homesick. So we know that this next title, the subtitle for the Spider-Man movie will include the word home because that's what they've done for the first two movies, and Marvel's already confirmed that they're going to do it again for the third movie. Homesick, you would think, makes sense, considering Parker's identity has been shown to the world, spoiler alert if you didn't watch Far From Home, by Mysterio. So he says on a big screen, on national, or not the local television, New York One television, actually. Shout out to uh, New York One, my, my day job. Um, he, he announces that the real identity of Spider-Man is Peter Parker. To which Peter Parker clearly, obviously, freaks out and knows that his life has now been turned upside down. So, one would surmise that if your name is put out there as this new superhero who's been running with the Avengers and been fighting bad guys for a couple years now, that that would probably put a massive target on your back. And perhaps you'd be on the run. So, homesick, maybe you're, you're sick uh, 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 you know, from not being back in New York City, not living with Aunt May in Queens, that would make sense. Uh, I think it's a good name, Kendall, but I'm, it does concern me a little bit because the one aspect of 
Far From Home that I, I don't really like Far From Home. I think it's a great Spider-Man movie. But the one, you know, I, I did miss New York City not being a character really as much in the movie Far From Home. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that New York City is so important, important to the Spider-Man story that that was a missing piece that I don't want to say hurt the movie, but it, it did. I did feel a way about it. If we're talking about him on the run again, and he's not in New York City again, I don't know if I could do two straight movies where Spider-Man Peter Parker is not in New York City. Like that seems to be a big stretch for me. But what do you think about the about the title potentially, and what it could potentially mean? Yeah, I mean, it feels like it feels like this is. Um, I think this is Kevin Feige saying to himself that, because remember, Feige has always said, you know, when he reimagines Spider-Man, and what we'll probably see from X-Men as well, but when he reimagines Spider-Man, his goal is to do something different that we haven't seen before. And I think because New York City was so prominently featured, especially in the, the Sam Raimi trilogy, I think that's something he wants to get away from a little bit. Now, I'd argue there you don't have to do that while still making it different. Um, you know, it's like, I mean, yeah, you could have, you know, made his, his costume. I mean, honestly, they did change his costume, which, was, you know, something I'm not the biggest fan of. But um, <laughs> I was going to say you could make his costume black, black and green, and, like, you know, that would make him different. But, like, what's the point? You know, like, that, that, that's, that there are plenty of ways to change Spider-Man's character, you know, besides moving him out of New York. But... But I get it. Um, I also get your frustrations. Uh, I think the the Italy backdrop was it was an interesting story for the for the concept of like yeah they're going on some foreign you know uh, class trip like that's something that obviously schools do. Um, it's rare. I think it's very more rare you see in high school, but still something <laughs> probably that, that that you'll see um, at times and. Um, so I thought it was cool. I, it, it's to me, it seems clear that this is going to be your your road trip kind of movie. Your like road trip on the run kind of you know kid movie, which you know we've seen plenty of Disney movies and plenty of movies like that. Where t- I mean, typically it's not like you're a fugitive. You don't see that with you know. Disney movies necessarily, but you see Disney movies where like I mean, what was the movie of Martin Lawrence and and Raven Simone, where she was like going on like college? Oh man, uh, why can't I? I should, I should know this, but it's not coming to me. Right yeah, now. that that was not it was that was a decent movie. Um, it, it probably came out around like oh five or something like that, oh four. But um, like it's good. It, it'll be it'll be in that. I feel it's like road trip or something like that. But um, yeah, it's college road trip. Yeah, college road trip. Yeah. Like, it feels like it'll be something like that, where, like, you know, they're in a car a lot of the time, or they're doing something. Maybe it's not a car, but maybe it's something else. Um, or, uh, you know, Race to Witch Mountain with The Rock, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, which, hey, look, it's, it's a genre. It's not something that we've never seen before. It is kind of unique to the MCU. Uh, it's not something I necessarily think about when I think of Spider-Man, but this is the, this is the situation they put him in. Now, on the homesick situation, I'm not a big fan of the name, personally. Honestly, I, I don't know if people are going to bring this up, but I just think that it's not something in today's day and age 
with what we're going through, I don't know if I would put Homesick in the title of a Spider-Man movie. Hmm. Interesting. It's thing I thought. Of. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I I did not I, I did not think like, about that. No one necessarily immediately constitutes homesick with like actually being ill, but I mean, I hear sick in like a in a in the in the title of a Spider-Man movie it doesn't get me like super excited. You know, I'm not like, oh wow, this is gonna be super cool. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a fair point. I didn't. I didn't... You know, maybe it could have. I, I it could fly, but I don't know. No, I, I think that that's actually a fair point. I think that's something that people are going to have to, and the people at Sony and Marvel should think about, considering what's, what we've gone through as a country. So many people that have, you know, been dying, so many people that have gotten really sick and, and will be sick for a long time because of COVID. Yeah, I think that there's a chance that it could come across tone deaf for that to be the title in the movie. I guess for me, and I'm not as, I, I'm okay with the title, even with the pandemic. And I guess that for me, I would argue. We clearly know what homesick means. We know that it's not necessarily part of physical illness in any way. And I don't think that it pokes fun at the idea of being sick. I think homesickness is actually a serious, it could be a serious thing. It could lead to depression and social anxiety. So I don't, you know, I don't think that, I think that it's a serious enough title while also clearly obviously not being a nod to the actual physical virus that people have been getting or any kind of physical sickness in a medicinal or you know mental health it can be medicinal too but you know what i'm saying like a clear physical kind of illness i think is is separate so i don't have as much problem with it but i think that's something they should think about i I do uh think that's something they should think about and i i I agree with you i think that um the kind of road trip vibe that they could be going for look you know him with uh with, with ned maybe even aunt may you know riding a van or something like that MJ, maybe. Yeah, MJ hanging up. I mean, that could be fun. I mean, that could be cool. And it's just like Far From Home was good and fun and cool. It wasn't anything I asked for except for Mysterio. And it was fine. It was good. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. And I thought they 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 brought out some really cool concepts. I thought that they they touched on some things that uh that were that were truly, you know, authentic Spider Man, even though he was in another country. But I, I still want, you know, my Spider-Man to feel like Spider-Man. And I don't think that not wanting to be Sam Raimi is an excuse to do something that's so not Spider-Man. And I'm not saying that this would be not Spider-Man. I got to see what the movie is. We're just all surmising. But that kind of movie feels not Spider-Man. That feels like you're doing something very new with this character that really hasn't been done before. And, again, doesn't mean it can't be great. But, um third installment i, I kind of want to see you like maybe get back to your roots a little bit but i don't know they 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 also kind of made a big splash with what they did at the end of the last movie and it's not like we've never had people knowing spider-man's identity in the past but i mean that's it creates a lot of hurdles when you write that kind of story so i think they, i think they're gonna i think they're gonna wipe it up how is that gonna happen i don't know <laughs> I don't think it's well, that was that was like that was like there was like a there was like a dramatic pause there and then like I don't know I'm like oh well let <laughs> let down for the listener potentially thought we were gonna get some really great theory write the script yeah, but like, I yeah I'm definitely I feel like I the first thing that comes to mind is like Doctor Strange like wiping people's memories or something like that and I don't know if that's something he's capable of doing it, it could be Scarlet Witch I don't know but like I feel like or maybe something that happened some event I don't know. 
things something go changes time you know king or something i don't know there's plenty of ways yeah i mean i agree i agree that i guess this will all be figured out probably through some kind of mind wiping thing or it could just be you know like arrow which the arrow thing has always been kind of ridiculous where it's like someone else jumps to the spider-man suit well there's that i was just thinking like just in general like the idea of like oliver queen has been accused of being the arrow for like you know five years right you know people are just like oh no it's not him and yeah, I, and I'll be honest. I kind of thought that that was going to be what this movie was going to be. I thought a lot of it was going to be him saying, well, I'm going to still live in New York City and be Peter Parker, but, like, I'm going to have to fend off the people who keep saying that I'm Spider-Man. And, like, because, like, you know, Homie didn't have really any proof other than just his words, you know? Like, he didn't, he didn't like, you know, have some smoking gun to show Did he him. have the video? No, he only had his voice, right? Right. I think he only had his voice. I don't. I don't think he had like a picture of Peter Parker in the suit. Even I don't think. And maybe I don't know. I could be wrong, but I. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I, don't I don't. I feel like he didn't have all that much. He put a picture of him up. They you know. You know. Pat Kiernan. Shout out to Pat Kiernan. New York one. He put a big picture of Peter Parker's face on there, but it wasn't. I don't think it was him in the suit. So I think that there is going to be like a fight over it. Again, that's why I thought the lawyer thing was going to come into play, whether it be a Jennifer Walters, whether it be a Matt Murdock, there was going to be some kind of argument about it. I didn't think it would just be, oh, I'm on the run now. Like, you know, it, it, I knew that was a possibility, but I didn't necessarily think that that was exactly how they were going to yeah, go. I, yeah, I don't really want him on the run for the entire movie. Neither um, do I. It seems odd. Um, but... Well, first of all, before I get to before I get to the story, what do you have any ideas for a title? And I'm looking at the scene right now. By the way, he doesn't. There's a picture of of Mysterio, you know, that video that J. Joe James had put out or New York One put out. Um, he like you can't you can't see his face. You can only see Spider Man's legs, which is interesting that they that they did that. Right, I didn't think they did that on purpose. I think that yeah, they, to make they it like to, to make it more disputable and ambiguous. So, uh, do I have a title? Uh, I, we talked run before, and I think that that if you're gonna do an on the run movie, I think that's a way more positive title. On the run, uh, home run. Oh, home run. I just we feel talk- the, I, we talked about it before. I feel like it's too synonymous with baseball to me. Yeah, the baseball thing is definitely odd. You know, maybe you throw some jokes or something about that, in, uh, you know, or throw a scene or two about baseball if you want. But honestly, to me, like, I mean. What, what's the difference between homesick? You know, like I don't know. I don't, I'll be honest. I don't know. It's so funny. Like this is such a funny thing that they because they have this word that we know is going to be entitled, and then we get to play this game of what word makes sense. Yeah, there are only but so many titles they could go with. Right now, Far From Home was more creative than I think we would have. Yeah, I don't think anyone thought Far From Home was going to be the title. So like they could they because once they went with Far From Home, they kind of made it anything is possible. With this title, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what this title is going to be. I don't know if I believe this, by the way. No, I don't. I don't believe it. I don't believe um, Maxim and whatever other outlet Squire, that they. Yeah. I don't think they have the title of this movie. Yeah, that would be odd. I feel like one of them posted it maybe by accident or Bryce. You know, some random blogger might have looked up what's the title and. You know, someone found someone else who's speculating or something, and I think one of them saw the other and was like, "Oh, that's the title." You know, like that—that that easily could have happened. Now it seems like maybe that's a lot of, that's a lot of people making mistakes. 
Um, I feel like it's kind of sloppy to give a title like that to these outlets this early before you know you're going to unveil the title. Right. You're talking about media outlets. You're not talking about like when the end game, because he, re- he referenced that the end game title was, was also leaked. And he's right. But that was from somebody who worked on the movie. Correct. And we put out like their resume online. I was like, yeah, I worked on Avengers Endgame and I worked on it. Like, yeah. What? Avengers, what? Avengers, what? And so, um, but that was different. This is, this is, you know, media outlet. So that, that seems a little odd. Um, but Murphy also said in his article that Charles Murphy also said in his article that uh, the people in Atlanta that are working on the movie right now are calling it Spider Man Homesick. So, mm. take Man. that for it. Is that a working title, potentially, or is that the title? Yeah. We don't know. But what I was going to say, which will probably lead us into our next story, is the on-the-run storyline could lead to a lot of good things that um, could be very interesting about where they go in terms of the villain. And that leads us right to the next uh, story, which is, uh, according to also Charles Murphy as well, um, he says that it appears Marvel Studios is looking for a, quote, Joel Kinnaman type for a unspecified role in the upcoming Spider-Man uh, sequel. And a lot of people are pointing to that character potentially being Craven to play that role, given uh, Joel Kinnaman's look and um, the, the notion that Craven we know, has been a character on Sony's radar. There was at one point... I, I, plan to do a Craven movie or some kind of Craven project. I don't know where that is, but Craven has been one of the characters we talked about for a long time. A lot of people like myself have said that Craven makes a lot of sense. Um, I think you could have great hand-to-hand combat. I think you could have amazing action sequences. And he falls right in line with, um, with the Kevin Feige mantra of not doing characters that have been done before. So we haven't yeah. had Craven in any of the now what were we on seven Spider-Man movies now, including Spider-Verse, or more than that, right? Yeah, I think it's more like eight or know. nine. We, we've had a million Spider-Man movies now at this point. Um, we had three in the, tri- in the first trilogy, two in the second installment, uh, and we had two, and and then Spider-Man. So I guess that's eight, right? So Which, and you throw in Venom, that's nine. Right? Yeah. yeah so that's, yeah. So really, you probably got nine. And by time, by time. This one comes out. Venom Two will be out. That'll be ten. Ten right. movie Spider-Man universe. Yeah, uh, Spider-Man Two might be out as well. Uh, or no, actually no. No, no, no. I don't think Spider-Man Two. I don't think Spider-Man. Let me, let me slow down. <laughs> yeah, like two ahead of ourselves here. Um, but by but Spider-Man Four will be out. <laughs> Late with Spider-Man's coming out. Uh, but um, but yeah. So we'll, so we've had all these movies and none of them have or will have Craven before the third installment of the Disney Sony Spider-Man sequel trilogy thing comes out look first of all i think that i like joel kinnaman um i don't know what a joel kinnaman type means for to me but i think if they were looking at him specifically i would i think he he could play a very good villain role in a spider-man movie and he he might have to bulk up a little bit but i think he'd be a really good craven as well you know i i I think that he'd be a, a, a nice choice I, I like the idea. What do you think? Does where is Craven usually from? Like Russia, I think. Yeah, he's like Russian, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess. I mean, there's no reason why Kinnaman can't play a Russian. 
No, there's no reason. I, I, <laughs> I guess there is no reason. I guess just something about him doesn't seem like super Eastern European, but I don't know. That was the only part of it where I'm like, you know, I don't necessarily look at this guy and just it immediately scream Craven. But I think, again, he bulks up. You do some things with his hair, maybe. Um, you can you can certainly sell me on him being Craven. Um, and I think from an actor standpoint, again, I, I, I think that this could be an excellent fit. Um, I think the... Uh, Joel, yeah, Kenneman, I, Joel Kenneman is, is Swedish, by the way. Um, I mean, I guess it's east, more east. Uh, you know, it's not like he's from Portugal. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I guess you, you may be able. To, I mean, Sweden. You know, you have a, you have a lot of Russians that are in that are in Sweden. Uh, Sweden. Um, so that definitely uh, could be a connection there. But yeah, no, I think Craven's a character that makes a ton of sense for the Spider-Man movie. Well, like once they once they established that we were in a situation where Spider-Man was a fugitive. Like Craven immediately became the obvious choice to be a villain in a Spider-Man. Yeah, I agree. Far from home sequel, and like it's funny because I just watched the Spider-Man the animated series episode with Craven um, a couple weeks ago, and it's a good episode. Um, and he's not like I'm pretty sure in that in that uh, episode. I was watching more off and on. I wasn't like super dialed in, but from what I remember, like he wasn't, he wasn't like a villain necessarily. Like, he was, but he was kind of like just doing his own thing. Like he, he had like an agenda. It was kind of like Morbius a little bit, but he, he, you know I forgot about Morbius in another Spider-Man movie. But like he was kind of like Morbius, where you know it was kind of he kind of had some agenda uh, about what he was doing. Um, but I don't think he was like a full-fledged villain, where like oh Spider-Man's got to get more, got to get Craven. Like Craven was trying to get Spider-Man. Um, so I like that's that's a situation where I could just certainly see them putting a bounty out on Spider-Man, Peter Parker, putting a bounty on Peter Parker seems a little dark, but you know, maybe, I don't know, for whatever reason, like saying, you know, reward, you can turn him in or something like that type of situation. Um, I don't know. I think that Craven makes a lot of sense. Um, and again, like you said, fits perfectly with the whole villain new Spider-Man villain thing talking about someone who's uh, if not A-list, B-list a B-list Spider-Man villain that hasn't been used yet in any capacity in live action. It just seems like it makes too much sense. And Joel Kinnaman makes a lot of sense as a person that could play Graven. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that, you know, I, I'm not sure, I forgot how the Kraven's last hunt thing works, but I feel like it was really simple. Like I, don't, I didn't, I didn't read the comic. I've read the story synopsis about it a million times. But I think it was very simple. It was just like he's this guy who has uh, hunted game all over the world, and he hears about this Spider-Man. And he's like, "Yo, this is the next one. I gotta put him in the ground." Like, and he's just like this crazy guy who he's just all about the sport of hunting these incredible species. And I think that like what they've set up absolutely works for that to be Craven's story in this movie he just he now sees who this Spider-Man is he sees that he's a kid and he's like wow this kid has been running circles and rings around all these guys like this is the next challenge now that I know who he is I know where he lives I there's no reason why I can't be the guy to take him down I think it writes itself I think it's 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 easy 
And sometimes easy is great, you know? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure, again, the whole leaving New York City thing. I'm not sure if that's how, if you're talking about homesick, being this, being the uh, being the title. I'm not sure if I like that part about it. Because I like the part about Craven's thing with him chasing him around New York City. I think that that was also part of the story that made sense. But, yeah, Craven, to me, that's the easy choice. Um, I think Kenneman would be a good choice if that's who they went with. If they went with someone else, you know, we have to see uh where where they where they go but you know i i think that kenneman would be great and apparently uh kenneman's mom is uh, of ukrainian jewish descent so that's a that's a connection so there so you know he grew up in sweden or at least his mom was in sweden so he says he spoke Swedish and he spoke you know english because his dad i think was american but uh but you know he, he has ukrainian ancestry as well so yeah so yeah so now i mean it makes a lot of sense why he's someone that you would target i'd say the only thing i would say he probably has to bulk up a little bit but that kind of thing is not do that they make, big a deal to me I do think. they do they are there any changes to the craving character that you could see that tie into the mtu like things that you're like this isn't something that i normally like think about when it comes to craven but like in the in the context of the mcu he'd be a great fit with this or from this place or like like are they gonna make him from sokovia you know are they gonna make him from liberia you know do mm-hmm. they make him connected to uh certain other characters that we've seen that, I that's yeah i mean that's a good question i'm not i'm not sure where they would go i feel like craven's kind of always been somewhat of a blank canvas i feel like every time other, you know, create other creators have gotten a crack at him. They've done sometimes good, sometimes terrible things with him. Uh, you know, making him into like an actual animal-looking kind of guy. Like, they, you know, there's a million kind of takes on the Craven character, and a lot of it because you know the first iteration it was like you know very short-lived. So, like, there's not there's a lot of canon now, but again, now people are kind of taking liberties. So yeah, I could absolutely see them doing something super unique or somehow making their that making it making there be a much more bigger MCU connection uh, with this character because as we've seen with every villain that they've had in the MCU with the Spider-Man movies, there's been some larger connection to the MCU. You had uh, you know um, Vulture be a guy who lost his job after the, you know the destruction in New York. Um, you had uh, Homeboy uh, Mysterio, yeah, be part of the whole Tony Stark thing, and and building the arc reactor. So I'm sure they're gonna do something with Craven to tie him into the MCU. I don't know what. I kind of I, I don't want to hear about Sokovia again. I'm tired of Sokovia. But it would that would that could absolutely be where they go in terms of trying to make a connection with that. I could see that definitely. I don't think we've heard the last of Sokovia. Probably not. I, you know, you wonder, you know, is it going to be in relation to Magneto? Mm-hmm. For that speculation, and maybe you make Magneto from Sokovia. Uh, I don't think it'll be in connection with Doom. I think Doom will be from Liberia, and that makes sense. Um, but I feel like I don't know. It feels weird to like make this entirely mythical Eastern European country and then just not revisit them. You make them so prominently featured 
with so many, you know, two ma- major characters from that. I guess know. I would just argue that they've already done so much. Like, what more do you have? I mean, we already know that we have uh, um, Baron Zemo in another yeah. show, so I'm sure Sokovia is going to play some part in this next Disney Plus project that we're about to watch. So it's like, I don't need more Sokovia. I've seen enough. You know. Um, let's move on now, though, to a project that I think is definitely, or a potential project that is intriguing to me. So, um, the original uh, producer and director of the X-Men, the animated series, that 90s show, which really I think is almost like hand-in-hand with like Batman animated series as really the, the golden age of superhero uh, superhero animation on television. There's been talks about will we ever see that show revived in any way when Disney Plus was first announced and the X-Men series was um, was being propped up as one of the, the properties that were going to be on that show. It garnered a lot of attention. It garnered a lot of uh, fanfare. And we learned this week that apparently there have been talks between Houston and uh, Disney, which... He, he had made comments, you know, maybe earlier this year or last year saying that, hey, like, I'm definitely open to doing something if they, they make a call. But there didn't seem to be much concrete with that. I know that, you know, obviously there were talks about putting the show on. So I'm sure they had those talks. But there really didn't seem to be any concrete about any future plans. But we did see Disney really kind of wrapping its arms around this show. Um, even with the avatars that you see in the, uh, in the Disney Plus app. They look a lot like the X-Men the Animated Universe characters with, for the, like, the X-Men characters. So they know yeah. that this is a big part of the appeal of, of the uh, streaming service. Except for uh, Xavier. Xavier looks like uh, Macfoy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys won't admit, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, Henry, I was like, our brother Henry, I was like, Henry, does this, does this look like uh, James McAvoy? Henry was like, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, um, now, he also just looks like Charlie Xavier, but... Yeah, you're right. But... Uh, <laughs> But nonetheless, um, Houston now says that there indeed have been talks. So you say, quote, we've had talks, but that's about it. We made conversation and it's up to them to make the decision. But we let them know that we're all available for whatever they want to do in the future. Despite being semi-retired, Houston says he would have come back if, quote, we could do a special, a one-off episode or a five-part episode. So whatever they wanted to do, if we all had the, all the original team, that's what I would come out of retirement for. So, there you have it, you know, right from so, you know, the horse's mouth, so to speak. The creator of that series saying that Disney has approached him about doing something. He doesn't, you know, expand on it further, only saying that there have been talks that have had, that have been had. Uh, Kendall, what do you make of these comments? Yeah, um, I think it's, I think it's interesting, you know, when you talk about um obviously the X-Men and obviously coming back home to to Disney uh Marvel rather I would say I wouldn't call it Disney necessarily home for the X-Men but coming back home to Marvel uh from from Fox um it, it seems it seems like they're going to now try and push the X-Men um we know they're going to plan on using them in the MCU at some point um and the X Men brand right now isn't isn't super great, you know. I think we know that. You know, it's not as bad as the Fantastic Four, but it's not Teflon. So, um, it may be smart on their part to say, "Yeah, we're gonna put 
we're going to bring back this awesome animated series to kind of, you know, kind of remind people why the X-Men are the X-Men. Why remind people why they're as popular as they are, why they're as well-liked as they are, and the whole nine yards. And I think that that is something that um, definitely makes sense if you're, if you're, uh, if you're Disney. Um, I also, on the, on the other hand, following what they've been doing on Disney Plus over the last month or so, it's becoming clear to me that yes, I think this is going to happen. Because Disney Plus has added a ton of X-Men movies over the last month or two. And it was it was jarring. I mentioned it the first time when they added uh, Fantastic Four was the one. It was the yeah. first Fox movie they added. And it was jarring then because for months, Disney Plus was only MCU content in their Marvel section. MCU content and then some animated projects. Uh, miscellaneous animated projects. And they added Fantastic Four, and it was really jarring because, like, wow, this isn't in the MCU, and it's on Disney Plus. And since then, they've now added X Men First Class, X Men Apocalypse, Day of the Future Past. The first X Men movie is now on there. Um, I think though, I think that's it for now. But obviously, you know, if those are on there, they've already, they've already, you know, put out a section uh, called the X Men Collection. So they're 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 not they're serious about pushing the X Men right now. And it's smart. I mean, it's a great value. You yeah, know, and they know that X-Men, I'm sure X-Men is next on the docket for the right. MCU it's as next well. on the docket, and they spent all the money they did to get Fox, and the X-Men is one of the big reasons why. So, yeah, you know, of course they're going to spend that money, and they're going to promote it. Um, but I think part of that is, yeah, you're going to need, like, some new X-Men content. Because, yeah, you can put all the old stuff there, but what, like, what's the new X-Men content that's going to get people excited I think it's I think it's an animated series. It's the easiest thing to do right now. We know there's going to be a movie, but that's not going to be for a while. So yeah, I think we're going to get X Men the animated series. I I would have preferred. I mean, you know me. I would. I mean, I would prefer maybe a new show, X Men Evolution. And but that's X Men Evolution. You know, I'm in the minority there, obviously. But I would prefer maybe just a new X Men series. And maybe that's what we will get. But I think there will be some form of an X Men animated show. Um. And my guess is it'll be either a reboot or a continuation of the original animated series. Yeah, I'm. It's funny you say that you preferred a new show because I, 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 I kind of I, I want some kind of X Men content. Let me be clear. We need some kind of animated show, some new, some old, whatever. We need something. Um, it's been too long. The last one they had was outstanding, and they cut it short. The Wolverine and the X Men. So we're due. We're due for some kind of X Men content. I was excited about this, honestly, until I kind of read Larry's comments. And shout out to Larry Houston, obviously another guy, legend, icon, who doesn't get his flowers enough the way Bruce Tim does. But I hear, you know, one one episode special or five one five part episode. I'm not trying to see that. I'll be honest, I'll be honest, man. I know that's probably surprising some of the listeners. I'm not trying to see a one episode spinoff or some five-part episode. I mean, five-part episode is a little cooler, but I want to see an extended series with the X-Men. And, look, you're telling me you're going to do this and then some other X-Men project? That's different. But, no, I kind of want to see them do a full show. Now, Larry Larry says that he's in retirement or semi-retirement, so that makes sense. So maybe for him, you know, sitting down and doing a whole season, whether that be 13 episodes, whether it be 22 episodes, that's a lot. And I could get maybe him being in the position that he's in saying, I'm not trying to do all that. 
But if you're giving me a one-off special, a one-hour special, I mean, you could hold that. I don't need to see that. I'll be honest. I don't need. To, I'll watch it. It'll be cool, and I'll be excited. But to me, I'll just all I will think about is what could have been. You know, what I'm saying it, uh, with how great they 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 had it, and and I'm sure if they did a one-hour special, I mean, or whatever, a one movie special, I know it would be amazing. I know they would kill it. But that's just kind of gonna make me frustrated. It's gonna be like, well, I know we're not getting any more than this, and that's kind of upsetting. So. I was really excited when I first saw the headlines and I read his quotes. And I was like, oh, man, one episode or a five-episode, you know, a miniseries. I mean, I guess that's cool, but, you know, I want a little more, you know. I think there's so much to be explored. Because when we think about it, Kendall, I feel like of all the superhero series that we've had and all the superhero shows, I mean, you have the superhero characters that we have, I don't know if there's been a bigger change in terms of, the landscape of what has happened in terms of the stories that have been told with their, with these characters more than the X-Men. When we think about the last time we saw Batman in any kind of TV format, well, we saw him, I guess, with Gotham. But if we go back to, let's say, we're just sticking with animated shows and go to Beware the Batman. I feel like there hasn't been that many Batman stories that we've missed. You know, Damian Wayne's going to be the part you got to kind of really install in there. But everything else we still had. Not to say that they've done everything. But, I mean, X-Men have gone on, gone through a complete transformation from the last time we saw them in an animated format. And that was Wolverine and X-Men. That's like 2009, I think. Like, that's a long time ago. So, uh, I, I, I think it was the, I guess we had the, the X-Men anime. I never watched that. I don't know what. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was awful. Right, um, that's what I heard. Wolverine, we also had the Wolverine one. Like that was that was like 2011, I think 2012. Even but, okay, but even then, still X Men have gone through so much since then. Yeah, and and again, you're talking about one season of those shows, one season of Wolverine X Men. If you go further back to probably a more realistic time, say when the last time we had the X Men on for a full period, you're talking about X Men Evolution. That's a long time ago. Yeah, and, we were talking about, we were talking about the X Men are complete. There's so much different so many new characters so many stories that haven't been told there's so much that could be explored it that's why it feels like this is such a missing period because like what was great about the x-men animated series was how it encapsulated really all of the main stories with the x-men you know in the four five six seasons that it had from the 60s to the 90s not that they told every story but a lot of the big ones that you needed to know you need to have they found a way to get it in there like right. the, to me, now we've gone through this period from you know, X-Men Evolution carried the torch as well. But I think you got to around two thousand, you know, where you get the in, in, uh, no, the installment of the Ultimate X-Men series, and some of those characters start getting in the mix, and some of those influences started getting in the mix. After that, the start of Ultimate X-Men, it's just nothing. There really is very little. Like X-Men, uh, you know the. Uh, the Wolverine and X-Men series did a good job of kind of installing a character like Emma Frost and making her a bigger part of the X-Men. But that was kind of it in terms of so stories what, that need to be explored or characters that need to be explored within the X-Men universe. There's so much to be done. I, you can't do it in one episode or five episodes. Maybe this is something that's better for a YouTube video, but preliminarily, what what are some things that you want would want to see? What are some storylines you'd want to see in a new X-Men series? Whether it be live action or uh animated not well not live action or animated rather but like a reboot or 
uh, you know, a continuation. Um, wait, let me see. like, like you meant, like you mentioned, you know, there are a lot of stories that we haven't that we haven't seen. Like what I would, I would, well, one, I would, I would that you'd want to see, you know, certain, you know, right storylines that we've seen over the X-Men time period. Well, I, I want to see the Messiah complex. I think that, um, that story at, at uh, Brew Baker, um, developed the story following House of M and them trying to find the one last mutant that was new, the first new mutant that was born and Bishop trying to kill that mutant and Cable trying to save that mutant and kind of being a race against, you know, all these different figures in the mutant universe. Um, I'd love to see that. Uh, AVX was kind of trash. I don't know. I don't know if I'm trying to see that, but, um, but it's pretty well in an animated series. Yeah. It would mean it would be great in an animated series. People would love it. People would get high. I just, the story is so bad, <laughs> but there is a lot there that, you know, still make people excited. Um, the astonishing X-Men run, uh, was that Lita Brian Michael Bennis, I want to say, who did that? I, I just, I'm yeah, so, I think you're right about that. Um, the, the first Astonishing X-Men Volume 1, I, I would love to see them do that. I would love to see them do even the stuff that Hickman is doing now. If they, they got Jonathan Hickman to be like, you know, an EP and have them adapt some of what he started, because I'm assuming this is kind of sure that's not going to be, uh, you know, it's not going to be done tomorrow. Like, it's probably going to be done in probably a year or two if this is going to happen. So by then, we would have a little bit of a history behind this new Krakoa X-Men dynamic that's been so awesome in the Marvel comics now. I know it may be too early and I, and I get that and it may be very jarring because, you know, you got Professor X and Magneto coinciding, working together towards a whole different vision for mutants and the visions that they both had initially. But that's something that I would also be super interested in, in seeing. So there's, there's a lot of... Um... Now, do you feel like some of these could be told in animated movie form? Similar to what that was seen. John Cassidy, by the way, who who wrote my astonishing X Men. I had to make sure I got the name. Which one did Bendis do? Did he do like I forgot? He did do an X Men, right? But um, no, yeah, I, I feel like you know it's kind of like Bat. Some of these stories are kind of like Batman, where I'm like, you could also do them in animated form. Now, yes, I I think the long form aspect of them helps. You know, like the being able to do multiple multiple episodes. But um, yeah, I mean, you could you definitely could do them in movie format in some of these examples for sure uh messiah complex absolutely could be a movie absolutely and it'd probably be really good um i think avs under the right circumstances could be a movie but it could be a lot to kind of put into an hour and a half because you kind of have to set up a little bit well you have to set up a little bit with messiah complex too i just think messiah complex is so much easier to understand there basically no mutants left they have this one mutant that's been recently born, and it's up to them to protect her for the rest of mutant mankind. Mutant kind. It's very easy. And some people think that we actually need to kill that mutant because of their own other reasons. So that's an easy story to tell. AVX, you know, you got all these characters. You got to explain why were the X-Men being a beef with the Avengers. And that, it, it gets a little, it's a, it's a wacky story. And again, it was, it was a tough thing to do when they tried to do it. It was why it wasn't as successful. But... There's certainly aspects where I can see them trying to do a movie, some of these things. But I, I, again, I think that we're missing a show. 
That's what we, we haven't had in a long time. That's what I want to see. And I think they can do it. I, I wouldn't put it... Uh, I don't think that is too big a ask. I don't think it's something that is uh, going to be too crazy for them. So I would like to see them try to try to do it. But, uh, Kendall, I do want to talk about another uh, story this week that I thought was interesting. So um, it is a rumor that's been out there, so I don't want to put so much into it. But it was a rumor that was shared by the Cinema Spot. And apparently there's word that we may be getting a HBO Max series uh, in the Batman universe that's being created by Matt Reeves that would be starring Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle. Now, it's unclear if this would be something that would be, you know, current times Catwoman series or some kind of maybe prequel to the Batman movie that we're going to see. But that is a rumor that is out there. Some people, like Grace Randolph, have said that they they hear that that is not true. Um, but that is the talk right now, that there there may be a Catwoman series coming our way. Kendall, are you thumbs up or thumbs down on a Zoe Kravitz-like Catwoman series? Um... I'm thumbs up. You know, I think that this goes back to what we talked about with the uh, with the concept of a uh, Jeffrey Wright, uh, Jim Gordon, Gotham Central show. You know, it's I think it makes the casting of Kravitz again also makes more sense because she's somebody that has been the lead and can be the lead for a streaming service or television type of show. Um, and I, th- and when you're talking about Catwoman, I think that there is, there's a lane for Catwoman to have her own series of sorts or have her own story. But the movie obviously was so bad that nobody wants to touch that ever. You know, it's been so long. But I think, I think we've gotten we've gotten further away from that time period of the Halle Berry Catwoman movie. I mean, when did that come out? Oh six. Uh, yeah, around there. 05 like i mean now we're we're reaching uh we're gonna be close to 20 years reaching 15 years on that so yeah i mean this is not uh this is something that i think makes sense this is not something i'm super worried about um i hope it's true and uh shout out to to uh warner brothers and dc for really investing uh well I guess I won't give him too much props for yeah. investing in in the company quote unquote <laughs> which we'll talk about but right um but like I think this is a nice project that Matt Reeves and and the you know Walter Armada and those guys could be potentially putting together do you believe it's true um I mean look the 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 Matt Reeves uh or the the Jeffrey Wright Jim Gordon story uh I think it's true I mean they they confirmed that so. If that's the case, this falls in that same family. So I think that there's certainly a chance. Um, this came from the direct, I believe. So if you know if that's the case, I mean, it could be. I mean, it could be true. I mean, I guess again, it's no more. It's no more not true than you know Haley Steinfeld is uh is Hawkeye, <laughs> which we talked about. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. was the yeah, we're, we're, we're coming on two or three weeks, EJ, before <laughs> before I I, I I I I pat myself on the back. About this being a done deal. Hold on with that. But um, the cinema spot, by the way, is who uh, cinema had, spot. Yeah, yeah, the ones who had uh, yeah, this scoop apparently. Um, I don't know if I buy this to be honest, because you know, maybe I'm giving Grace Randolph a little more credence than I should. But she said that this isn't true. So something like that comes out that strongly, 
against it unless now to be fair i think one could argue that maybe grace isn't in the greatest standing with the company right now with her beef with kathy yan so yeah she did have Zack snyder on you know yes that is true too and and so you got some you got some sources yeah so it kind of i guess it kind of can go both ways to be fair that's a good point about the snyder interview she did um of course shout out to grace but i think i I, this, this just seems like maybe i'm Maybe I'm kind of being like Debbie Downer, but this seems almost too good to be true in a sense, because it's like big, big star, well-known character in an HBO Max series, a outlet that we're, I guess we're going to probably talk about in the next segment that absolutely needs big stars and a big series to really kind of be a tentpole series for its struggling streaming service. No ways. Warner Brothers is gonna be that bold to do something like that to me. Like that's the that's the way I think about it. It's just like it makes too much sense, so it's not gonna happen. Cause like you're already doing the Gotham City show. I'm like, are you really gonna do now a Catwoman series too? Like, are you really gonna become the Batman app? Which is a brilliant idea. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, do you have the guts, so to speak, to do something that bold? I don't think they do. I don't. I don't think that that's something that Warner Brothers wants to get involved in it, to that degree. I think they're. You know, we know that CW's kind of become the superhero uh, network, so to speak. But I don't know if they want the app to be that, too. Um, I think they I want the app to kind of be more broad and have more things, even though I would argue some the one of the biggest attractions that they have right now is a DC show in Doom Patrol. So it's, uh, I don't know. I, I do think that this does make sense. But I will do that. I do. Th- I will do this with a caveat because I'll be honest. I've never been one to really be all that excited about Selena Kyle as a solo character. I, I don't know. It's it's yeah, the movie was terrible. I'm not really gonna put much credence in the movie, but even so, her solo comics runs. I never, and you know, someone who's a super Catwoman fan will say I'm an idiot, and maybe I am. But I feel like I've never seen or heard anything that inspired me to ever go look for a Catwoman solo series run. And I don't know, maybe part of me wonders if she's not the greatest as kind of a main character. Is she, you know, some characters are good as as either a co-star with someone. Like, I don't know, you know, we'll talk about DC Comics soon. I don't know what the situation is with the Batman Catwoman series that was supposed to be done by Tom King, but I was super excited for that. I would love to see that kind of comic book or that kind of story where, you know, Batwoman Batman and Catwoman are equals. But in terms of a solo Catwoman series, you gotta you gotta have to convince me what story am I seeing that's gonna make this super worthwhile. But maybe the writers that have gotten her just haven't maybe they haven't gotten the exposure for me to know what they've done and see that they've actually done great stuff and they haven't gotten the praise they've gotten. Or maybe they just haven't written her well enough. Because you would think, you know, with her abilities, with kind of the stuff she gets into, you would think that you could do a really great heist story with Catwoman. I just never have seen it executed. Yeah, I never, and I never heard anyone tell. I never heard anyone tell me that's been executed well. Like Catwoman right. in the recent run that King was going on went on a solo run. That I think people were excited about because they liked how King used Catwoman for the first fifty issues of his run with Batman, 
And I just never heard anything about that Catwoman run that she went on just last year or two years ago, whenever that started. And that was a big deal because you just had the whole Batman Catwoman wedding fallout. And there was a lot of excitement again, given the kind of shine that Selena was getting. And I feel like it made no waves. I feel like that story, nobody talked about it. I didn't hear anything more about it. I read the first issue, wasn't really interested in moving forward. So I do hold that one caveat, Kendall. Is is Selena Kyle? You do either. Sorry, I realized I muted my mic. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no. So I, I, I'm not all, I'm not all that uh, thrilled to talk about this next story. But you know, it's it's what we have to do here. So there's huge layoffs happening over at DC Comics. Um, a third of their editorial staff for the comic book side has been laid off. The editor in chief, Bob Harris, is gone. They got rid of the senior VP. Um, they got rid of VP of marketing. They've, it's been a bloodbath. And DC Universe is also now uh, having the same kind of situation where uh, pretty much all of the decision makers and, and big wigs over with the streaming service, they've all been laid off. And um, this is uh, devastating news if you're a comic book superhero fan. You know, we talk about this being the best time to be a superhero fan. Uh, this, this should, I think, shake everyone to its core a little bit. That we there's that this situation over at DC has gotten so bad that you know, and we all know every situation with these things are somewhat pandemic related, so we can't ignore that. But the writing has been on the wall for all of these characters, not characters, you know, all these people um, who who were being now uh, who are now out of a job, and you know. One source that spoke to the Hollywood Reporter had said that, you know, basically this was all at the mercy of AT&T and that, you know, AT&T had basically uh, knew that the writing was on the wall and that DC Universe was dead on arrival as soon as the merger went through with uh, with Warner Media. So this this uh, this sucks. There's uh, no other way to really say this, Kendall. Uh, my heart goes out to all these people who are so instrumental to moving forward the superhero culture. And I really, and I know Jim Lee is going to be now kind of heading everything because they don't have anyone there anymore. Um, so I, I mean, my best luck to him and our, my, you know, my thoughts are out to all these people who, uh, who, who are out of a job now. This is terrible news. And particularly when you think about comics and the publishing side, I don't know what this means for DC moving forward, but I'm scared. I'll be honest, I'm scared about the future of comic books. And I know we talked about it before, and I think you guys have said maybe I've been a little bit too hyperbolic. I don't know if I, you can say that now. I think that it's very clear the threat of comic books' future is very much up in the air right now. Yeah. Um, I still, again, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about the future of the medium. Um, 
in terms of it still existing. It, it, I, I'm not necessarily worried about that. It's just in what form, you know, it's it's the same conversation for me in terms of like, can, you know, if movie theaters go out of business, movies won't go out of business, you know, there will still, there'll still be movies made. I feel like the physical comic era seems to be on its, on its last leg. Um, I think going forward, we're going to see a lot of digital stories. Um, and that's it, to some people that is the end of an era. It's a massive end of an era, which I would I would I would tend to agree with. Um, you know, this is again this is a very unfortunate story, um, all too familiar to what we've heard over the last couple of months because of the pandemic. Um, and I you know I, I look at uh, you hate to be you know I, I, it's tough because I'm not I'm not John Stanky you know I'm not running order media i don't know what the with the where their money is at per se but it's it, this feels like this feels tough because you know you talk about dc comics and i and, and not only dc comics but i think in dc universe might be you know something that it seems like dc universe they cut most of their staff um what's yeah, going to be this universe is 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 uh dead dead man walking yeah, it's gone. Yeah, like this, you know. I'd be I'd be surprised if we go into twenty twenty one with DC Universe still active. I agree. You know, if we do go into twenty one and it's still active, I think I think we'll at the very least have we'll know when it when when they're sunsetting it. We know when they're completely uh, shutting it down. But um, they're moving all this stuff to HBO Max. Um, does DC Universe convert into a comics-only application? Maybe a comics and it's tough because they're not even—they're not going to be producing any any content anymore. Like they've gotten rid of all of their, in terms of like any—they're not—they're not producing any like shows like DC Daily. Yeah, no, that's shows. done. You know, which is sad. Um, but it so it seems like it's only going to be a comics-only app because I was going to say oh, maybe they maybe they do something where it's like comics and like you know. You know, state media, quote unquote, but they don't even—they're not even going to do that. Um, This—I I feel like it might just be a comics-only platform. Um, maybe it's free. Maybe it's—you know—maybe it's—you know—you buy a comic type thing. And it's like Amazon. Like I don't know, but this is this is tough. And this isn't something where it's like, oh, but Marvel's going to buy them because like Marvel and Disney, Disney's dealing with their own issues. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. Every, no, there is not one industry that is not struggling mightily right now yeah besides tech you know the the rest of them are all struggling yeah you know like the, it's, <laughs> it's it's a bad day for everyone right now so there is no helicopter someone saving the day in this situation nobody has it nobody has yeah. the bread it would be like apple you know <laughs> maybe a place like apple or microsoft maybe the only place would be like yeah we got the money yeah but, but like I don't. Know, it's it's just not gonna happen. There is yeah. No, why would they ever get into that business? Yeah, you know? there, there is no saving grace here. So um, it's 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 unfortunate, man. Again, I, 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 I it, just, it gets it gets me upset because you know, I really enjoyed the DC Universe app. Um, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't like I loved everything on it, but I think that it was a brilliant idea. And in some ways, I think it was ahead of its time. Like I think like we. 
I think like to me like this DC you know to me uh Disney Plus I think um I say Disney Plus in particular I think it to me is like the you know perfect cell version of like DC Universe in a sense I don't even know if it's perfect so like, I think that the comic books part of it and the books part of it I think was unique and I think that Disney if they can get that aspect part of the Disney Plus app as well I think they would fully form into like the potential that DC Universe had. I just feel like they made a lot of bad decisions. I think that, you know, again, producing that Titan show to be what it was, to be the tentpole show, terrible idea. Terrible. Um, it, it, it was, I mean, yeah, for what it was, it was terrible. It was like, terrible. It was a it terrible was a idea. concept in terms of getting people excited to buy your thing. But once you've released your first trailer and Dick, Dick Grayson's cursing out Batman... You become, you become a meme. Your your their app was dead the minute they dropped that trailer. It certainly feels that way. You know, like they had no chance. There was no way. They that recover. was always the headliner, you right? Know, like, there was no way they recovered from that because the actual show wasn't that bad. Like Disney Plus, Disney Plus like had a similar risk where they went with The Mandalorian, something that mm-hmm. didn't have nearly as much like built-in cachet, right? Because it was, it was kind of started from scratch in terms of a Star Wars project. And they didn't have anything up, but like the good thing about that was that they had Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier, and Winter Soldier coming down the pipe. They had WandaVision, so they just had to, they just had to, the Mandalorians had to be good for like a couple months just to keep people in tow until until those shows came out, the Marvel shows. DC Universe, they released their their their, they said their prime temple show to launch the app, which. I think it makes sense if you're getting you're trying to get subscribers, but if that show is not good, no people, no nobody's gonna be like, well, yeah, Doom Patrol's coming out, so I gotta wait for that. Now, Doom Patrol ended up being great, and they actually probably would have been better off debuting with Doom Patrol. You wouldn't have gotten as many as much fanfare, but once people actually saw Doom Patrol, and was like, wow, this show is really good, or Star Girl, or something like that, like that. Maybe you get more people word of mouth to say DC Universe, they got this show that's really good. Instead of people saying, ah, Titans, yeah, I may have to unsubscribe. Yeah, exactly. Or, or not subscribe. The people who just saw that, I'm just like, I'm not watching this. I'm not paying for this. Like, it was, it just, it's just frustrating. Because, again, it, I'm not saying that Titans hasn't had good moments, hasn't been a good show. But it's just, that's not the show you start off with and say, this is going to be the people that's, the thing that's going to bring people in. And I feel like they never could recover from there. And it's just unfortunate that now we're in a position where their part of it is getting hit. With the layoffs and the comic side, I've told you my fears about that. So this was this was a, a bad, bad week for superheroes uh, in that regard. Superhero content, superhero media, because um, you never want to hear that. Uh, last story of the, of the week, Kendall. So Batwoman. We know they have a new. Um, we know they have, they have a new cast member, J- uh, Javicia Leslie. She is now going to be playing Batwoman. A, a brand new character, Ruby Rose, is no longer going to be under the cow, which means that, uh, you know, the Kate Kane character is no longer going to be part of the series. And it was a rather shocking decision and shocking news when it, we, we heard that Kate Kane was out and that they were going to be not only re- recasting Batwoman, but making a whole new original character to play uh, to play Catwoman, to play Bat, to be Batwoman, to be uh, in the costume, we got some kind of you know statement from Ruby Rose that was pretty generic. Didn't say much. 
it was telling that for us, at least for me, that none of her castmates really wished her well or said anything nice about Ruby when she was out. So we all kind of surmised that there was some kind of beef, some kind of issue that happened on set. Um, there has been talk about maybe Ruby being difficult, which there's always a, that's a very charged and loaded language whenever you're talking about a woman who may be at odds with her job to say that she's being difficult. So, you know, of course, we got to make sure we keep that in mind. Ruby Rose has broken her silence about, you know, what went into her decision to leave the show. And she said that uh, two things uh, contributed to her ouster. It was um, a back surgery in which she had an accident on set that we heard about. We didn't know what the extent of her injury was, but we now learned that she had back surgery. And she says that she needed perhaps months off, but she only took 10 days off and was back on the set. And then there was also, uh, she said, the pandemic and more time to think about her situation that led her to make the decision that maybe it was time to move on. So I'm going to read her quotes here. She said, um, being the lead of a superhero show is tough. Being the lead in anything is tough. But I think in that particular instance, it was a lot more difficult because I was still recovering from my surgery. I had my surgery, and then 10 days later, I went back to work, which maybe wasn't the best idea. Most people uh, take about a month or three off before they return to work, so it was definitely made it definitely made more difficult made more difficult by that. Um, she also says, "I'm proud of myself for working under uh, that sort of circumstances. You know, with the recovery and all, I would definitely do TV again. I just think it was also time for me to take a break to fully heal and then return." Um, but then she also added that again, it wasn't just the injury. She said it wasn't so much the injury. It was especially because after we wrapped up, we didn't get to finish the real uh, finale because of COVID. You know. You had the time in quarantine and sort of isolation to just think about a lot of different things and what you want to achieve in life and what you want to do. I think for both me and the producers, it was a great opportunity to have a dialogue about a lot of things. I respect them so much, and they're, they've been so respectful to me. So that's Ruby's side of this situation, at least the side that she's willing to say on the record about uh, where things fell apart and, and, and why. Or not fell apart, but you know why... She's no longer part of the show. What do you take from uh, her comments, Kendall? Um, look, I... First of all, as much as... Look, the news was disappointing to me that she that she left the show. Um, just because it created an issue. And I, I didn't hate Ruby Rose as a character. Uh, Kate Keane as a character. So it was... Just, it was, it was mat- mostly disappointing. But what I will say is that as I wouldn't say, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a fan of the show, but, uh, but uh, you know, I'm part of the audience, you know, for better or for worse. Um, someone who watches the show, I, I wouldn't necessarily want someone, especially a lead in the show, that doesn't want to be in the show. You know? So, I, to me, it's, if she felt it wasn't best for her physical health or mental health, things of that nature... I 100% support her decision to not want to be in this show. Um, she made a choice. She made the commitment to be in it. And she realized, it seemed maybe even fairly early on, that this wasn't going to work. And she got out. And I commend her for, for, for doing so. Because how many times have we seen, EJ, projects where sometimes the main the main cast member, or just sometimes it's, it's other cast members, 
seemed checked out. Where you're like, man, might as well recast this role. This person's playing this role like a statue. Like they don't want to be there. And I'm not gonna yeah. name it, but there's certainly some oh, yeah. uh some movies that we've certainly talked about um prominently where you're like, man, this person really even want to be there or are they just collecting the check because they signed a contract? And that's never great. And uh, uh, could she have done that? She, could, she, could she have just been Kate Kane and went through the motions and not wanted to be there and kind of played the role? Of course. But, um, the, like, what good does that do anybody? She doesn't want to be there. If she puts in a, a C-minus performance that doesn't help the show, doesn't help the fans, you're, pr- you're probably better off all everybody just going, and, she, and it doesn't help her mental health and physical health. So... Or I think at the end of the day, they were all ended up with what was the the probably the best case scenario, which was um, they hit the restart button with with uh, Javisa Leslie, and I, I think that that's that's something that I'm excited about. We'll see what happens. Um, I pretty I maybe would have went in a different direction, but we'll, we'll I'm still excited. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know you do you do make a good point about um, having a lead that is not invested in the show. You know, I think there was a potential for that to happen. If Ruby was this unhappy and this beat up, which is what she's saying, um, she probably shouldn't have moved forward. You know, you, part of me kind of feels like, you know, they they obviously felt like they had to continue the show after her injury. But, you know, you wonder, you know, if they say, OK, we're going to halt shooting for, you know, a couple months for Ruby to get back healthy. You know, maybe this whole thing is is, is a whole different situation, you know. Um, you know, the first, it, it does strike me, you know, Ruby saying, you know, being the lead of a show is tough. I, 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 that was her first comment when she was asked about it. And then she went into the stuff about the injury and then COVID. But I, I think that that was telling, you know, I, you know, we talked about it on the show, man. Ruby has gone through a lot in regards to, you know, yeah, there's some, there's a lot of good that comes with being a big TV star, but you know, we, in this, in this environment, in this culture, there's a lot of toxicity. I don't know how to, that's the right word. There's, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that <laughs> as part of it, you know, it, it, and I think that I'm trying to be a voice. I think there are plenty of people trying to be a voice to root it out. Um, and it, it becomes tricky because you are, we also commentator and we also are, we, we, we are critics to a certain degree. So it's a delicate balance, but I think we know the toxic aspects of this culture when we see it and we're trying to get rid of it. And Ruby, probably had it as bad as anyone you know you know I, on a job someone that comes to mind as well someone who's gotten the worst of this culture uh and it usually you know yeah you it, see it in star wars movies obviously and unfortunately it usually falls upon you know women of color or uh you know lgbtq community it's not you know it's, it's the same kind of thing so it, it sucks that you know i think that that absolutely was also part of it ruby probably looking at this situation being like i'm not that happy I'm really injured and these people don't even really love me. So why am I here? It's, and I, the, if you ask those same questions in her, in her situation, I think we'd all come to the same answer that maybe you shouldn't be, maybe you should move on. I think that's what right. she ended up doing. It's, it's and, just sad. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Cause I, cause like She's I see the character. Yeah. And I, you know, when we talked about the casting, I kind of, that was the one thing I was worried about was, Here's, you know, someone never, you know, yes, they're, they're kind of a big name celebrity to some degree, at least to some people, but 
is this the kind of person that's going to understand what this community and this culture is about and all that comes with it, the good and the bad. And are you kind of putting a target on your back by picking this particular actress to be that person? And I think my worst fears were all confirmed with everything that went down with the situation. And first of all, I think Ruby deserves a lot of props for trying to finish the season, given that she had back surgery and came back in 10 days. Yeah, she could have shut it down. Yeah, you know, I mean, and look, when you say, oh, she's being difficult, now I'm wondering, okay, well, y'all just upset because she was, you know, literally carrying you guys, and maybe she wasn't as, you know, pleasant to deal with, but she was dealing with a broken back. Like, that kind of, that that narrative feels a little nasty to me now. It was it felt bad before, but now I'm like, okay, she had back surgery, came back in 10 days, and y'all talking about all oh, her attitude you know, behind the scenes was an issue. I don't know. Something smells fishy with that. But, you know, we talk about, you know, there was questions about her dedication and stuff. You can't have those questions now. You know, there, there's... But the problem I have is, like, well, her pushing through maybe is the reason why she's gone so soon. And I think that's where this is all a sad situation. Um, any last thoughts on this, Kendall? Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, again, I'm just, I'm, it's, it's a sad situation uh, that had to get to this because you know we, we were all excited to see this character and see this show, but, um, and was excited for the future. Hopefully, Ruby Rose finds other roles that she's more, that she feels are a better fit for her and her career, um, because I, 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 I don't think that she tanked this first season. I think she could have. No, she, no, not at all. But I, don't, I don't think she's doing this. I think she, she gave her best effort. And we got what we got. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, Ruby is still a developing actress. So I'm not going to say, you know, this was some the best acting you've ever seen. But I think that she was fine. There was there was nothing about her that was a reason for any of that woman's struggles this season. It, it would have been any actress would have had those same struggles with what they were writing. I think that she was very fine as, as, as Kate Kane, fine as Batwoman. Um. So yeah, it's it's unfortunate that we didn't get to see a girl in that role, but we got Javicia loves you now. We got someone who's super excited to be Batwoman to be a part of this team. It seems like the team that she's joining is excited to have her. So let's see what we got now. You know, all we can do now is look forward. But I thought it was at least important to get Ruby Rose's side of things, especially considering some of the reporting that was out there about you know, her role in this split. And um, I'm glad I'm glad she spoke about it too. You know, I'm sure I knew she would, but uh, you know, she didn't necessarily have to. So the fact that she did, I, I, was, I was happy that she did. But uh, that's gonna wrap this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. As I said, um, no show recap this week, but at least this episode. Um, and then partially that's because of the way the episodes worked with so many season finales. It didn't make sense to her, I think, for us to do talk about Agents of Shield the day before the season finale dropped and then you know talk about the other season finales as well we want to give them all all the time they need so i i think we're going to try to put together probably maybe a show that's solely season finales or maybe combine it with the next podcast we know we'll figure all that stuff out so we could be back within a couple of days we could be back you know towards next week you just you know you know where to find us of course uh new generation podcast network apple podcast spotify soundcloud stitcher and tune in um, whatever we end up doing, it will be on there. So you should definitely keep 
uh, keep us in your uh, thoughts with that. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube channel, Generation Media. Ton of new content on there. Um, we did a whole video, and you're probably saying, hey, you guys didn't talk about the DC fandom stuff. There's a big list of names that came out. We know that there were a list of names about, and in fact, because of that list that came out this week, we actually did a full video um, previewing the event and talking about some of the names that uh, and the guests that will be at the virtual convention and who we want to see, who we're excited to talk about. So check out that YouTube video that's up. We just put it up today. Um, that's one of our newest videos. We also have a new um, Uncommitted podcast episode that's up as well. That's on YouTube as well for those basketball fans, basketball recruiting fans. Check that out. Again, New Generation Media on YouTube. And follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast, and Facebook, New Generation Media. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and on Instagram, Action EJ. Thank you guys once again for listening into the show. For Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.